Welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of The Brokerage Insider, the podcast where we interview real estate and technology leaders, sponsored by Tribus and hosted by me, Johnny Pfeiffer. Our last episode featured Jared Kennedy, founder of Lime Realty in Oklahoma City, and Jared shared incredible insight into the future of what agents and brokerages should be focusing on. With this comes a new year and a new direction in our podcast. While we have explored the details of the current market and how it has shifted from the past couple of years, I thought it might be fun for you, all of our listeners, to hear a little bit about the past and the history of real estate. To do so, I'm very honored and excited to introduce our next guest for today's podcast episode. It is my personal mentor and someone I look up to more than most, Jim Flom, who is the retired president of Slifer Smith & Frampton Real Estate in Colorado. Many of you may remember the name Slifer Smith & Frampton Real Estate because we had the president of the Aspen Division, Krista Cleese, on several episodes ago. So Jim, I just would love to welcome you to the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for including me, Johnny. Absolutely. We are so excited to have you on air today and so excited that our listeners get a chance to learn from you and kind of hear your wisdom and great words and commentary on the history of real estate. So to kind of start that, would you tell us how you got started in real estate and what your history is in it? I first got started in real estate in 1969 out in California. I was... um, currently uh, flying airplanes for the United States Navy out of North Island there in Coronado. And um, a friend introduced me to some land investments in Southern California. And um, so I, I bought a parcel of land for investment. And then I started introducing that agent to several people. And after a while, I figured out, gee, I, I should be an agent myself. <laughs> I, I could get paid for this. <laughs> That's right. I got into real estate business uh, part-time while I was still in the Navy. And then when I got out, um, I went full-time and then eventually uh, had my own company out there. And um, then uh, in about 1979, uh, moved to Colorado and got involved with uh, Harry Frampton and um, ran uh, Vail Associates Real Estate here in the Vail Valley and then uh, went back east for about seven years in the development business with East West Partners. And then in uh, 1994, moved back to Vail to run Slifer Smith and Brampton Vail Associates Real Estate. That, and I think that's amazing. And what I'd love our listeners to understand is Jim's history with East West Partners and Slifer Smith and Frampton, they are similar companies within the same umbrella, if you will, they're sister companies. And Jim, I think what you just shared with everyone, that broad reach of your experience in history and real estate, you literally experienced all facets of real estate in different areas, different stages in your career from selling to managing to running an entire company. Do you feel like, what was your favorite part of that entire history you just shared with us? Well, one of the things was fun when being involved in the development business and uh, working on planned communities we uh, did a big uh, planned community in um, Jacksonville, Florida. And um, just to see, to take a piece of land, we had um, about 2,500 acres there that Champion Paper owned. Uh, and they wanted, they thought it had development opportunity. They wanted development partners. So they selected East West Partners. And, but to take that piece of vacant land 
that had an eagle living in the middle of it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Another story. We, 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 we created 40 acres of green space around that eagle to protect him. And it turned out he could care less. He used to land in trees next to where houses were being built. <laughs> and he was going to kick out all the activities. He, he didn't really need the 40 acres, but that was about a $3 million green space we created for him. And that was but, back then. <laughs> that was back then. Yeah, that's about $15 million now. Yeah. It, it was fun to take a piece of land and then see it get developed and all of a sudden families living there. And, you know, we ended up with... Um, 5,000 homes there, a uh, golf course community, and a million square feet of commercial. And uh, that, that took 30 years. Wow. But I lived uh, after about seven or eight years of, of being there uh, and came back there. But, but that, was, that was fun. And then being in the brokerage business has, has always been fun for me to, to you know, especially new people coming into the business. They're, they're all excited about real estate and and um, all their friends tell them they're gonna list with them and buy from them. And they find out, <laughs> you know, the first year it's not quite as easy as it sounds. But then uh, the ones that stick it out and uh, do the right things end up having a, a pretty amazing career. A lot of people, you know, just to see them change their lives with with what they can accomplish in real estate's been been exciting for me over the years. Absolutely. And I can personally attest to Jim's statement that has been his life's goal and vision that he has accomplished and that is helping people be successful. And it's always been about the brokers and their success and not about the company. And so, and I think that is so important for agents is those who are new and starting their careers to listen, to get with the right company who supports them and is it's about their success and their brand and the company is there to support that. Would you say, given you ran one of the most iconic and today most successful companies in real estate nationwide, you're in, you know, real estate trends in the top 100 and expanded across the state of Colorado throughout several luxury markets. Is it about the brokers? Is it about the company? How did that success happen for them and for the company overall? I think it's a combination of both. You know, I think, you know, especially the, the folks coming that are new in the business, they, they need the support and they need to be surrounded with successful people that are making things happen and that they, they see the success and they say, well, geez, well, I, I could do that. You know, and once people decide they can do that, then they can do that. Um, so being around successful people in a company is, is important. And then the people eventually make the company. You know, uh, I always used to say in Slifer Smith and Frampton, we, we had uh, like 160 little companies. Each person has their little own company when they wake up in the morning. Uh, how are they going to build that company of theirs? And then we had a big umbrella to help them do that through marketing and all the other things and so forth. And so that, that's, I think it's a combination of both to be successful for the company and for the individual brokers of that company. I agree 100%. And Jim, what's interesting to me, we have a broad list of listeners. We have uh, everyone from they're considering getting in the business, they're brand new to they've been in it 25 years. I get a lot of comments and chats and questions after the podcast episode is over. And it's always consistently, what can I do best? What can I do next? Can I be successful? And one of my favorite stories you've shared with us for years, I'd love for you to share with our listeners, 
anyone from any walk of life, if they put their head down, work hard, are good with people and relationships, can be successful in this business. And I believe one of your first teams that were successful in business that you've shared with me certainly didn't come from a real estate background. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, so my first folks came from, uh, they were uh, Navy SEALs with SEAL Team 1 out of Coronado. And several of them were just coming back from two tours in Vietnam uh, back in those days and um, got them involved in real estate. And um, it, it just, it was amazing. Uh, these were enlisted people in the Navy with 200 tours. Wow. <laughs> so two, yeah, uh, 200 missions, excuse me, 200 missions in Vietnam. And um, they were obviously pretty fearless. <laughs> I was going to say, Jim, were they shy and afraid of the asking for the clothes? Some of them were. Actually. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them were. Yeah, no, it was, it was just like a normal slice of life where a lot of people are afraid to ask for the order that they're going to offend somebody by asking for the order and they might sell them something. God forbid. Okay. <laughs> but, but, um, but anyway, so yeah, so that, that was... That was interesting for me, but talk about people from different backgrounds. And, and like even in Slifer Smith and Frampton, out of our 160 brokers, if you just profiled all those folks, there was so many different different people, different walks of life and different, uh, different personalities. I mean, we had brokers there that were really successful. If you met them, you, you wouldn't think they could talk to anybody. They, they were like bashful, but, but they were just killer salespeople because they, they could relate to people and people related to them and people trusted them because they did not want to do anything that they would not do themselves. And the people would realize that and trust them. Those are the best brokers. Absolutely. And I think the key to that is is the training and the experience that companies like a Slifer Smith and Frampton can provide to agents. Because at the end of the day, people buy real estate from their real estate broker, not from the company. But the company is paramount in ensuring the real estate broker can successfully, honestly, and finish it to the end and do it well and take care of their clients. I think that's the key formula. Yeah. And what fascinates me is so many of our listeners, I hear from people who have, you know, their attorneys or their accountants or their housewives, or I just, I hear from everyone. And I think they're going to enjoy the Navy SEAL story for sure, because definitely you wouldn't align that in your head. And it just goes back to what I always say on these podcasts. Anyone can do this if you're honest, hardworking, you listen, and you enjoy being with people. It's it's an incredible business, and the opportunities for success are limitless. Well, Jim, tell us. I'd love to know. We kind of heard your history and the history of the company, and I even joke. I'm now 50 years old. It's hard to believe. When I started with Slifer, I was only 31. But we, back in the day when I first started in real estate, we had books. That was the MLS. And we would all photocopy pages and try to go show real estate from a book. You know, you have seen the evolution of real estate with computers, the internet, MLSs, emails, to today we're doing a podcast that's going to reach worldwide via our computers. What has been the most fascinating thing to you in the evolution of real estate? What has struck you that just keeps you in awe over this industry and what we do every day? Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the things that, that I uh, 
continue to be amazed about is you know, getting started in real estate 50 years ago, <laughs> dating myself. <laughs> I tell I'm an old guy. So, but, um, you know, what we did in real estate then and how we did it, and now how we do real estate now with computers and um, where we can send contracts through DocuSign. I can remember Southern California our brokers driving two or three hours up to Los Angeles to get papers signed. Uh, contract signed where, where now we would do that in in 30 seconds through DocuSign things like that but the thing that amazes me the most with all the changes of technology the business really hasn't changed that much the things that really make real estate happen are the same now as they were when I got in real estate 50 years ago and that is relationship building you go out you meet somebody you get to know them they get to know you you talk about what you can do for them, either list their house or sell their house or show them property. And, you know, granted all technology helps all that now with the MLS and so forth, but the really basic things that make great real estate brokers, most of them aren't great technology people. No, no. <laughs> they're great relationship building people and, and they're, they're salespeople. You know, I, I get a kick out of asking someone, what, what business are you? And they said, well, I'm, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a realtor. You're a realtor. Oh, oh, I thought you were a salesperson. Oh yeah. I'm a salesperson too. Yeah. That, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, one of the things you taught me very early on, I can remember very well. It's okay when you're putting people in your car to sell them something. Cause they know that's your job. You, you always said, I never want to hear from one of our salespeople. I'm not a pushy salesperson. <laughs> because that's you're asking for the clothes every day. <laughs> I've always thought we had we had several on our team. The greatest salespeople close people, and they don't even know they're being closed. You know, and and yet they're being closed like with a sledgehammer, but they don't feel it at all. Those are really great salespeople, and once again, it works because they're only selling what they really believe in. Some of our our best salespeople. They would show a property and then people say, oh, geez, I think that's good. I think that's what we got to buy. And then a Scotty Skelton say, no, that is not what you guys should buy. And they go, what are you talking about? And, say, and he'd say, this, this, and that. So don't buy it. And, they go, and then two or three months later, he'd call them up. When he found a property he really was excited about, knew it was right for them. He'd say, now this is what you should buy. Well, then they would just buy it <laughs> because they totally trusted Scotty. And then years later, they realized that he was absolutely right. And Scotty used to get incredible referrals because people felt comfortable referring their friends to Scotty because they knew Scotty would take care of their friends and their friends would think, hey, thank you for introducing me to Scotty. And so, see, and I again, that's a great trait of a salesperson. Absolutely. And I want to drive home. This topic has come up in previous episodes. What I want to drive home to our listeners that Jim just shared with us, the commonality in successful real estate people is, as Jim said, relationships, but it's sincerity and it's not about the commission. It's not about that one deal in that moment. It's about the long-term relationship and truly helping that client find the right property and or sell it, but then also to earn those referrals. Because Jim, I think you and I both agree, the majority of successful real estate agents, their business comes from their own database. And that's years of successful sales. And as you said, trust of their clients to refer everyone else that they know. 
And I think that's the key to success in real estate. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. And, and think about when you get a prospect. If it's someone that was referred to you, it it starts out so much better, so much trusting where someone like will walk into one of our real estate offices, which we, we do still get a lot of those because we have key retail locations in the Vale Valley. But And people are so excited about a new walk-in they just had. And I said, guys, you could get go through your book of business, make 16 calls, and come up with one of your clients that are ready to buy another piece of property faster than you ever sell that new walk-in, but they're so excited about the walk-in. Get excited about the people you already have. That's where your next deal is coming from. And Jim, that's where the one piece of technology today has changed. With our CRMs and our customer database management systems, we have an opportunity to stay in touch with our sphere better than we ever have, easier than we ever have, and certainly the most efficient way. And I think that's the key thing to this business is using technology and tools to ensure you maintain those relationships, but you got to build them and you need to keep them. And you can't just rely on the computer to do that. No, that's, that's right. When I think back in the old days before we had all the technology, the way we had to follow up with our, our prospects and then our existing uh, customers is, you know, we got on the phone and we called them, we talked to them. Now you can, you know, have a newsletter that goes out to 1,500 of your people with a click of a button, and they, they hear from you, they see your picture, they see your phone number, you know, that covers 1,500 people, where, where before we just have to call people, call people, talk to people. And so that's where technology really has come in for great follow-up and, and keeping your clients you have. You know, that's that's been a game changer for sure. That is one thing that's definitely different. Absolutely. Follow-up is just different follow-up and much more efficient follow-up because of technology. Well, and Jim, with that, that was a profound statement earlier. You're the first person to make a statement like this on one of our episodes. Over all the years of real estate, it's changed in so many ways, but the fundamentals have not changed. It's a people business. It will always be a people business. And right now we're all looking at this market. We're seeing the influx of news and the media and negativity and such. Where, what do you feel about the current state of the market? What are your thoughts? Because you and I both know the entire world. What do you do? I'm in real estate. Oh, how's the market? Probably the most asked question in the world. So how are you yeah. answering that right now? Yeah, it's like, how's the market? I always say, what market? <laughs> Well, the market in the Vale Valley. Well, we have 31 of them. MLS areas, 31 markets in the Vale Valley. <laughs> but anyway, just looking at the big market, yes, I read all the articles and a lot of it's very, very um, doom and gloom. Interest rates are going up, real estate slowing down, so forth and so on. So I was just had lunch with somebody, uh, one of our very best clients in the company is a, a custom home builder and and uh, we sell like uh, 15 to 20 million dollar homes that he's built over the years and uh, he said Jim so what do you think about the market I said well uh, the market right now I have nothing to compare it to in 50 years we've never had the situation like a COVID come along and uh, we know that changed the world changed lots of things including the real estate market so we have to say, okay, this used to happen, then this would happen. Well, we can't say that anymore. So we really, all bets are off of our, what's going to happen in the market. I do know long-term, I pretty much 
would bet the farm on it that long term the market's going to be fine you know the market might the market is softening a little bit in some areas in the united states and uh i think it will for a while um until interest rates back and people got confidence back in things the stock market's out there that's a big factor for real estate when the stock market's doing good certain things happen in real estate when the stock market's not doing good you know so that's that's at play but when you look at long term the charts and graphs of real estate <laughs> over the last hundred years in this country is supply and demand and real estate is always going to be in demand it's the basis of all wealth and so the market's going to be great will there be up and downs in the market yes there will be but in the in brokerage business i mean if you're in the development business that's what you really got to worry about ups and downs brokerage business you can make money in down markets you make money in up markets you know so that's that's what's wonderful about brokerage there's, there's little risk in it that way and um just to learn how to work with the up and down markets and people in that everyone's still going to do fine and I, I do want to drive that comment home to all of our listeners especially if you're new in the business i think veterans those of us who have gone through the ups and downs we're familiar and expect these we know the perfect scenarios that you know everything's great and selling like hotcakes that isn't going to last forever but i think it's important i began my career in real estate in 2000 and then 2001 happened then through slifer smith and frampton and opportunities with them experienced an incredible run 04 through 08 and then for our millennial and younger realtors listening you may not be familiar with but most of you will nod your head and say yeah we all know what 2008 was and certainly taught us the reality of the ups and downs of the market. And there were days when I thought it'll never be good again. And then of course in 13, things really started rebounding. And Jim, I think the key to this is, is one, accepting the up and down, but wouldn't you also say what's so important for the current generation of realtors who've enjoyed this boom we've had, save some of that, <laughs> prepare for the rainy day. <laughs> yeah. I've watched that over the years where realtors, you know, in good times, they do make a lot of money. And the, the one thing that you always have to be, make sure you're, make sure you're putting your uh, estimated tax away for the IRS. Uh, that's gotten <laughs> some brokers over the years where they, they just lost control of that. But then also, you know, make sure you're saving your money or investing in real estate yourself. Um, I would say over the years, the most money I've made is, is in being a principal in real estate. Um, and I, I would just encourage anyone to just be more involved in real estate and rental properties if they can and things that make sense. Um, that, that, that'll, that'll, that'll stay with you. And th those will build over the next 20, 30 years when you get ready to retire, that that's where you'll make your money. Well, and Jim, this is something yet again, I, my, my favorite thing about these podcasts is there's always new takeaways for everybody, including myself in these. And you're the first person to mention to the agents listening, invest in real estate yourself. It isn't just about your clients, build your own wealth. What was the story? It was years ago you told me what people could buy lots on, on Mill Creek in Vail Village. Yeah. And then what they're worth today for the land. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll give you one of, the, one of the most exciting real estate stories of the Vale Valley, and the, the, I don't think that particular opportunity is out there, but who knows? But uh, long story short, the original investors in Vale 
that were investing in a ski company, there were $10,000 stock increments. And um, I was fortunate enough, I, I grew up on the east side of Cleveland, Ohio, in an area called Shaker Heights. And two families on my street actually were those investors. So that's how I knew about Vail long before Vail opened, because they were three years before they were putting the money together to, to build the first lifts and Vail and so forth. But anyway, those investors also had the option of buying one of the lots that the company was developing. And uh, there was this area called Mill Creek Circle. It had 19 lots. But if you bought one of those lots, you had to uh, to uh, guarantee that you would start a house in the next 12 months because there was nothing here. It was sheep ranches where Vail was built. Uh, very few people lived here. That They needed activity. So the, the family that lived right across the street from me that were investors bought one of those lots. And that lot cost them $1,000. Okay. okay. And I had uh, dinner at that house in 1966 after they built that house. We were out to Vail with Journey Brothers. Well, long story short, that lot today, uh, rather it had a house on it or it vacant, there are no vacant lots, they're tearing down the houses now. You could sell that lot for $25 million. <laughs> just, so $1,000 turned into $25 million. Uh, granted, it took. 60 years, but still, I, you know, a lot of people would wait 60 years to turn a thousand and 25 million. Absolutely. And, and it's one of my most favorite and most fascinating stories in real estate to me, but it does drive home your point. Yes, maybe there aren't opportunities to turn a thousand into 25 million, but the point is long-term investing in real estate as an agent or for your clients has historically proven to build wealth and be one of the best moves any can, one can make for their financial future. I think that's the point of that. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would too. There's one other thing I'll throw out there for your audience, and I, I don't want to get into details. You can Google it, look it up yourself. But I think one of the greatest uh, retirement things out there for, for independent contractors like you folks is a program called Defined Benefit Plan. You, you can put, if you're doing well in real estate, you can put uh, as much as like 200000 a year tax-free into that plan or 50000 or 100000 uh, And um, so that's something I would look into of creating a defined benefit plan for, for yourself uh, in real estate. Well, and I think that's one of the things to this point I want to drive home to our listeners what we were always taught at Slifer, Smith & Frampton, and I think a lot of brokerages could do more of, is that you need to run this like a business. As Jim said much earlier in this episode, you have 160 little companies within the umbrella company. It's your business to set up your budgets, your marketing, your outreach, your technology, but most importantly, the financial aspects of your business, including like what Jim just shared. And I don't know if a lot of agents run their business like a business, but I think it's a good point to drive home for sure. Well, everyone, I, I always say this at the end of every episode. I can't believe it's already been 30 minutes. I, I could talk to Jim for four hours, as he knows. I've talked his ear off for many years. But... Jim, I just I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and your insight and anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up. Yes, there's there's one other thing I'd like to leave you with, which I think is the most important thing in, in any endeavor, real estate, just your life in general, is it's so important to set goals. And you hear all that and there's all the books out on that. 
But believe me, if you have a goal that's realistic and you've set it and you can vividly imagine it, you can attain it. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. That's a great book to read. Psycho-Cybernetics will explain why that works. It's actually a uh, neurosurgeon wrote the book, Maxwell Walsh. Go out and get that book, read it. And if you do what it says in that book, you will be successful, just not in real estate, but in your personal life, your marriage, with your kids, everything. It's, it's an amazing phenomenon. I'll leave you with that one. Well, y'all, you heard it here first. So y'all ask me all the time. I get messages from people. Johnny, what's the silver bullet? You just got it from Jim Flom. <laughs> you just got it. Jim, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, um, as a reminder, Slifer Smith and Frampton Real Estate, premier real estate company throughout the state of Colorado with offices and brokers located in Colorado's Front Range, Summit County, the Roaring Fork Valley, and the Vale Valley. And so this company is there to help you with your listing and buying needs. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for joining us today for the Brokerage Insider. And we ask all of our listeners to stay tuned for our next episode when we will be bringing you more exciting news and insight from the real estate industry. Please listen to us everywhere you're able to listen to your podcasts. And they are always available on our Tribus website at tribus.com. Have a great day, everyone.